Hey guys, it's Dr. Joseph Tropper here, and thanks so much for all your questions and feedback. I will try to incorporate some of my answers um, in today's segment, which is going to be on trauma, and the title is, Have I Experienced Trauma? Um, I know a lot of us have that question, and um, if you know the answer is for sure no, I really encourage you to listen anyway, and if you know the answer is for sure yes, I think you're going to get a lot about uh, out of listening to this, just from understanding better what you went through and how to conceptualize it. And also, as you know, one of my main things is how to help yourself. I'm a brief solution-focused therapist. And if I can be of any help to you, please reach out to me, josephtropper at gmail.com. I love email, questions, comments, etc. All right, let's dive right into this. So why is it that if I would have titled this, am I traumatized, nobody would listen to it? Um, and the reason is because one of our strongest defense mechanisms is the I'm okay mechanism. Um, and th this makes a lot of sense from a evolutionary psychology, which many of you know, I am a very big fan of it. Evolutionary psychology has nothing to do with religion or whether you believe um, in creation or uh, evolution. Evolutionary psychology is basically the way that we evolve over the years. Um, so for example, if you're a child and your mom says not to touch the fire and you're like me and you're vivacious, precocious, and don't really listen, then you touch the fire um, and you burn your hand and you cry. And um, eventually, after doing that once, twice, three times, depending on the kid, in my case, multiple times, you learn, hey, fire burns, um, and maybe I shouldn't do that. And sometimes, in my case, as I got wiser, and I actually said, hey, mom is actually a pretty smart woman. A shout out to mom. Um, and that changed. You've now evolved. So that's evolutionary psychology. And hey, mom's advice in other areas might actually be uh, worthwhile to keep in mind as well. I, I know that not everybody has that opportunity, but those are some of the evolutionary ideas about how things develop. So therefore, um, one of the mechanisms that we have of kind of denying traumatization is I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm doing great. Um, one of my favorite t-shirts is something that my friends bought me. And it's interesting. Um, it was a birthday present from two friends. Um, and it's a t-shirt that's basically shows a massive <laughs> bleeding stab mark. And it says, I'm fine. Um, that's actually I wouldn't say that it defines me, but it's something that I try to stay far away from because I have a tendency to be there. So it's very easy for me to, you know, deny, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Nothing happened. And, you know, some of it could be a quality of being mind over matter. Um, like, for example, when I once had the door slammed on my, you know, finger and was able to, you know, kind of react and get the medical attention I needed, but also not fly off the handle. Um, and other times um, it goes right out the window because sometimes the pain is there or the inhibition is not there or the tiredness is there um, or and there's lots and lots of ranges of normal reactions. So don't judge yourself on that. But basically, we all want to be fine. We all want to look like we're OK. We all want to look like we're perfect. Um, and there's a healthy way to go about that. And from, again, survival of the fittest, <laughs> if you weren't perfect and you weren't fit, then uh, you would die. So um, a lot of reasons that people don't like to say, oh, I'm traumatized or something happened to me um, or there's something wrong with me is because um, our nature is that we want to be okay. Now, there's another factor which is related but slightly different and nuanced, which is also that I don't want to be defective and inferior. And in today's world, we look at trauma like it's a pariah. Oh my goodness, somebody went through this thing. Oh, wow, that's horrible. Glad that didn't happen to me. Oh, that sucks for you. And um, it's not really true because Peter Levine estimates that about 97% of all people experience trauma in their life. And the truth is, trauma could be your turtle dying as a child. It doesn't have to necessarily be your grandfather violently passing away in front of your eyes or losing a parent or being um, physically, sexually, or emotionally abused um, or seeing a war, etc. But lots of people have that in their life as well. Um, and so what I'm going to do today is 
talk about some of the ways to determine whether you've experienced trauma, um, not as a historical factor, but more as something that is impacting you currently. And then I'll start you on the journey of understanding how to actually do something about that with a guided meditation. So let's dive into it. Um, the first place to look at trauma is looking at a diagnosis of PTSD. Now, I'm not here to diagnose you and I'm not doing any paperwork with you or filling out uh, short forms or long forms. But I will say that the VA has dedicated lots and lots of time since the 1980s when this diagnosis, which is, by the way, one of the latest to come in all the DSM, was actually introduced. And a lot of money has actually finally been allotted to um, reviewing and researching PTSD symptoms and, most importantly, treatment. And so one of the things that I think is actually really well done is the diagnosis itself. And trauma... Uh, whether you experience it or not doesn't automatically mean that you have PTSD. And even if you have symptoms of PTSD, it doesn't mean that you have the level that will be diagnosable as PTSD. So that's not what we're trying to do here. But I want to just make you aware of the three categories of what we look at when we're trying to determine whether somebody was traumatized by something that happened. Number one is intrusive thoughts and memories. Number two is avoidance behaviors. And number three is hyperarousal. So let's go through these briefly. I want you to really think about your life as we do that. So intrusive thoughts and memories is basically the experience that people that are survivors of trauma sometimes experience unwanted and distressing thoughts or memories or flashbacks of a traumatic event coming back to them, which obviously could increase other symptoms like anxiety, depression, feelings of disconnection from reality, etc. So therefore, if you feel that you're experiencing these things, write them down and talk to somebody. Uh, talk to somebody that you trust and reach out and see if you get some help. Um, help, support, emotional help, um, referrals, etc. All different levels, any level from the bottom up. Next is the avoidance behaviors. So survivors of trauma sometimes engage in behaviors to avoid situations or people or activities that remind them of a traumatic event. This can lead to some social isolation, difficulty in forming or maintaining relationships, trust issues, disruptions in daily activities, or other behaviors that distract, such as drugs, alcohol, vaping, smoking, marijuana, not necessarily am I talking about things that are illegal, but sometimes just damaging. Sexual promiscuity, sexual behaviors, sexual addiction, um, and lots of self-soothing behaviors that involve food. So avoidance behaviors are a defense mechanism. And again, evolutionary psychology explains a lot of these things. Not for now, today, but just think about what I'm saying and you might get a little bit of an inkling of, an, of, of, of that. Um, so for now, just take my word for it. Thank you. So these avoidance behaviors are things that are exhibited by people that are possibly um, traumatized by something that happened to them. And the last thing is hyperarousal, which makes a lot of sense. If something happened to you, then you are more likely to look twice and be careful. I was in a head-on car accident, thank goodness. Only our cars got hurt um, a couple months ago. And um, I didn't see the car coming while I was making a left turn. And every time I make a left turn anywhere, there's a little part of me that actually still looks and says, oh my goodness, you're going to get into a head-on accident. And my normal one-second response time of looking left, right, and left again and turning is actually now up to about three to four seconds. Um, and that's okay. I'm okay with that, and I'm aware of it. Um, and when I'm at the exact spot that I was at when I had that accident, which happens to be my daughter's school, and um, when I'm there, then my response time is even further because it's still, there is obstructive view, and there's also the memory of me being there. But every time I'm there, I do my own trauma work as well and I'm getting much better at it, and that's okay. I'm not having nightmares. Um, it's just a reality of something that I experienced in my life as an acute trauma. So hyperarousal makes perfect sense. 
It's trying to avoid the fact that I got hurt. Don't want to get hurt again. Trauma survivors sometimes experience heightened levels of anxiety, irritability, or hypervigilance, which is the main thing of hyperarousal, which can lead to difficulty, unfortunately, in sleeping, poor concentration, and exaggerated startle response. Um, just imagine, I don't want to jar you too much, but imagine that you hear somebody trying to break down your door at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going to sleep very well the rest of the night, even if I call the police and they tell me they're on their way and they're five minutes away or whatever, right? The reality is, even if they come and the person runs away or gets arrested, the rest of the night, I'm probably going to be, because of my hyperarousal and because of what I went through, I'm probably going to be very, very hypervigilant and um, unsettled. So when I say, are you traumatized? Your reaction is, I'm fine. My reaction is, I'm fine. When I say, did you experience some type of trauma in your life? Then, hey, yeah, there are some things that are bothering me. Do you have intrusive thoughts and memories about that thing? Because then it means that it's actually happening in the present as well. And that's what a lot of trauma is. It's it's present experience and activation. Do you have any avoidance behaviors that you're trying to kind of cushion yourself or avoid those memories? Um, well, it happens to be that this is probably the number one thing that stops people from getting help. The intrusive thoughts and memories I want help from, but the avoidance behavior is like, I don't want to go to a therapist. I'm going to have to talk to him about all these things or her about all these things that I went through. Forget it. And that's not really true. A lot of trauma work has nothing to do with that, actually. And then the hyperarousal um, is, am I having f this kind of feeling that of deja vu that it's going to happen again? And am I living in that fear? There's lots of other derivatives of this, like negative beliefs and emotions that come because of those three things, and physical symptoms and somatic symptoms, chest pains, headaches, um, gastro issues, immune system disorders, and of course, substance abuse, addiction, um, pornography, et cetera, et cetera, sexuality, and overeating just a list of a couple of things. So those are all the things, but it's all the, the main category are intrusive thoughts and memories, avoidance behaviors, and hyperarousal. So I hope that was helpful for just kind of saying, hey, you know, maybe I did go through something and maybe, um, maybe there is something for me to work on. So let's talk about how to work on it. So the way that I start with working on it, and I'm going to leave you off with this exercise, and I hope you'll do it. I don't know if you're driving, then uh, maybe pause it and come back to me later. Um, but I really want you to sit down and do this exercise with me. Um, so please join me. Um, I want you to close your eyes and I want you just to kind of do a little scan of your body from head to toe and just kind of notice how you're feeling. And if you feel any tension anywhere, just kind of massage it out intellectually, emotionally in your body um, and just do a scan from head to toe. And if you notice some tightness somewhere, you could pause this and you could do a little massage um, or just let yourself feel relaxed and calm. And now I want you to just kind of notice your visceral feelings, your gut feelings. Is there anything that's bothering you? Is there something that's pressing in your life right now that's present and pressing? Just identify what that is, okay? And, and you could pause me if you need more time because I'm going a little quicker than I usually do if you're in session with me. So I'm going to slow it down a drop too. Um, and just think about what's bothering you right now and identify that and think about the visceral feeling of what's bothering you, meaning... I don't want to give examples because we're in the middle of an exercise, but what I'm trying to say is there's something that's pressing that's on your mind that's bothering you. But then there's something deeper beyond it about what it represents and maybe even a negative belief about yourself, about the world, about your life experience. That's what I want you to hone in on. And now we do this in EMDR. We do this in internal family systems. We do this in a lot of modalities, somatic work. I want you to Take that feeling that you just identified and really understand what it is. Is it a negative belief about yourself? I'm not lovable. I'm a failure. I'm worthless. I'm stupid. I'm, nobody likes me. 
this this person is hopeless to connect with. This relationship is hopeless. This dynamic, take it, and I want you to bridge it as far back as you can to a time when you were a child, age zero to eighteen. Sorry for those of you that are over that are 18, 18 and younger, but bridge it back to the earliest time in your life that you could actually remember thinking and feeling that similar permutation, similar similar thought, feeling, and emotion. And I would bet that when you're bridging that back, it's probably taking you to somewhere very, very young, what we call in IFS a lot, single digits years, like zero through nine, 10. But even if it's not, it doesn't matter. I didn't put down any money on it. Um, the point is that it's bringing you back to an earlier place. And so I would venture to say that this is probably a theme that would be worthwhile for you to explore, whether by yourself, whether, whether with a self-help book, or whether if you feel like it's something more serious, by talking to a professional, but that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say that trauma permeates and trauma makes its influence. So thank you for doing that exercise with, with me. I wanna rewind and kind of tie back everything. We talked about the need to say that I'm okay and how that question of, did I experience trauma and how to deal with it um, is a hard question to ask. Am I traumatized is, is offensive. And that need to be, I'm fine, even though there's a knife mark and blood all over. Um, that's a human nature and that's okay, that's normal. And look at the three aspects of a PTSD beginning of a diagnosis. Are there intrusive thoughts and memories about what I went through? Are there avoidance behaviors that are there? Are there negative beliefs and emotions? You're gonna ask me, well, Joe, come on, everyone has some of these. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying that you're traumatized because you have these things. I'm just saying, did you experience trauma? And is that trauma still lingering? Because as I always say, you have a guy who everybody else notices Wow, that's got, that guy has a chip on his shoulder, and he's the last one to know it. And so a lot of our traumas give us a chip on our shoulder, and often we are the last ones to know it. So I want you to look really, really deep at that visceral feeling and emotion of the now, what's hurting you now, what's challenging you now, and think back to the past, because I think that that may help you uncover some of these traumas that you've been through, and I think that that's the beginning of your recovery process. Thank you so much for joining, and I look forward to being in touch with you. For questions, comments, or if you want me to interview you, um, or answer anything specific that you ask, or you want to hear about more topics, send me an email at josephtropper at gmail.com. Have a great day.